Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio and the Mind Whisperer. It is Tuesday, January the 15th. I hope you are well. Thank you for tuning in live. If you're listening live and if you are catching the show uh, in our archived version, uh, appreciate you checking in and uh, participating in the show by by supporting us uh, uh, after we've gone off the air. Uh, all of the shows are available on Blog Talk Radio at the Mind Whisperer, and we are also now available on iTunes for uh, download or for podcasting. Uh, if you look up Mind Whisperer on iTunes, so today's topic is uh, full of um, you know really juicy, uh, provocative subject matter, and uh, the title for today's program is negatively charged: the electric quality of negativity. So. Uh, what do we mean by negativity? Well, this is a really interesting topic. And, um, you know, all of us experience negativity. Uh, it's something that uh, is part of our makeup and, and uh, our daily um, life that we find challenging. And, you know, for a lot of us, we've grown up in a culture that tries to, you know, sort of steer us away from negativity. You know, there's sort of a... Uh, prevailing idea that we should be positive people and that you don't want to be negative and and it's an interesting kind of um, take on the idea of negativity that somehow there's something wrong with it. So today as a sort of a framing perspective, um, I want to introduce uh, a, a very influential teacher of mine and uh, somebody who's no longer with us, but he has had a profound influence on myself and a lot of other um, thinkers and a lot of other um, practitioners, particularly in the contemplative path of, you know, meditation and um, and and the Buddhist path. And uh, I'm referring to Chogyam Trimpa, known as Chogyam Trimpa Rinpoche, which means teacher, uh, from the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, Buddhist tradition and um, the, the founder of Naropa University and uh, the Shambhala lineage of non-secular Buddhist training around the world. He was a very influential teacher, um, probably the greatest teacher who ever uh, came from Tibet to North America to bring the teachings outside of Tibet, and he's been, you know, vastly credited as such. And we'll start with a really interesting story. Uh, Chogyam, Chogyam Trimpa's uh, probably most prominent student would be uh, the nun uh, known as Pema Chodron, who is the nun at uh, and the, the teacher at Gampo Abbey on Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia. And Pema's gained a lot of notoriety. She's been on Oprah. She's um, a very accessible um, teacher. Of course, she's from uh, the States, so she's, people, a lot of people will relate to her as a, as a North American uh, teacher, um, not originally you know, from Tibet. And her story is very interesting because she was married and she was a teacher and uh, I don't think she was really, really active in terms of any sort of meditative practice or 
you know, the Buddhist path. Um, but she went had a divorce uh, from her second marriage that was really horrible by her own account and um, really took the floor out from underneath her. And she was extremely devastated and angry and upset. <clears throat> but she tells the story about how she was motivated to become a Buddhist and, and a nun, um, not necessarily because she was running away from things falling apart in her own life, but because she was so motivated to understand the teachings of uh, the, the, the Buddhist lineage and the Buddhist teachings to apply to her own life and to, and to you know, find meaning in that. And it was a very sort of positive uh, motivation. And one of the things that really got her attention was an article in a book that Chogyam Trimpa had written called The Myth of Freedom. And the book came out in 1976. And one of the chapters is called Working with Negativity. And it was the opening of that chapter that uh, Pema Chodron said, you know, so profoundly influenced her to really delve into these teachings and try to understand them. And she says all these years later, she's still trying to understand what uh, Chogyam Trimpa meant um, in this chapter. So I'm going to read a little bit of this chapter so you can get a bit of the sense of where Trungpa is coming from. Now, this is a man who is deeply, deeply immersed and, and uh, came from a you know, very strong lineage in, in Tibet, uh, in the, the Buddhist teachings, and uh, was also Oxford trained, and uh, was educated at Oxford and went through psychology there for a brief time. So he's a very interesting character. There's a documentary about him called uh, Crazy Wisdom, you can go check out and find out some more information about him. He's very controversial, uh, but regardless, rec widely recognized as a as a very insightful and brilliant teacher. So from the chapter, Working with Negativity, from the book, The Myth of Freedom, I'm going to read you this excerpt now. We all experience negativity, the basic aggression of wanting things to be different than they are. We cling, we defend, we attack, and throughout there is a sense of one's own wretchedness, and so we blame the world for our pain. This is negativity. We experience it as terribly unpleasant, foul-smelling, something we want to get rid of. But if we look at it more deeply, it has a very juicy smell and is very alive. Negativity is not bad per se, but something living and precise, connected with reality. Negativity breeds tension, friction, gossip, discontentment, but it is also very accurate, deliberate, and profound. Unfortunately, the heavy-handed interpretations and judgments we lay on these experiences obscure this fact. These interpretations and judgments are negative negativity. Watching ourselves being negative and then deciding that the negativity is justified in being there. This is a, outside of the text now. It's a very, very, uh, again, profound perspective on negativity and the quality of negativity, and particularly the, the extra layer of judgment. And this is what Pema Chodron was referring to in terms of still trying to understand what he means by negative negativity, and I'll explain this in a second. Continuing, negative negativity refers to the philosophies and rationale we use to justify avoiding our own pain. We would like to pretend that these, quote, evil and foul-smelling aspects of ourselves and our world are not really there, or that they should not be there, or that they should be there. 
So negative negativity is usually self-justifying, self-contained. And he goes on and on, and I can come back to that quote a little bit later. But you know, he mentioned something there that I want to pick up on, which is the aspect of should should or shouldn't be there. So negativity is there. In fact, it's part of our evolutionary um, adaptation as uh, human, homo sapiens that we, we, we are biased towards negativity in a, in, on the survival level, not necessarily on the higher consciousness level. In fact, uh, recent studies are showing that optimism, in fact, is what keeps us going because we, we are not predicting negatively for the future. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, and people who are optimistic tend to fare better. And people, for example, who are overly you know, negative and depressed and stuck in the negativity, the negative negativity, um, see doom and gloom and catastrophize for the future and therefore you know, can't really move forward. It's, it, it really weighs you down. So, but neg- negativity itself is not necessarily, as Trumpa says, a bad thing. You know, you teach your children not to stick their finger on a hot element or in the socket or not to go too close to an edge. You know, you want to have them aware uh, with your your energy that certain things require you to be careful and or to stay away from. And so these are the kind of things that we, as, as we become adults, that we have to explore for ourselves which is precisely what the Buddha taught, was that this is not an edict, this is not a moral code, this is what the Buddha discovered, to become awake. And Pema Chodron talks about how learning from negativity, exploring negativity, being present with it, and what it can offer us, one of the things that it offers us is it can wake us up. It has, it's an energy. It, it, and again, as Trumpa says, it's, it's, puts us in, it's connected to reality. So we can become aware that something is upsetting us or aware that something requires our crit- critical judgment. Okay? So there's a negative aspect to that, only in the sense that it's negative compared to what's something that's positively putting to, put towards us. And so we take a contrary position because it invokes a reaction in us or whatever. So on a reactive level, yes we can learn from our responses. On a critical level, something may be against our values and we need to take action on that. On a survival level, something may not be good for us and we need to stay away from it. But as Chumper references in this article, or this chapter, I should say, it's the negative negativity, which is the judgment that we shouldn't be feeling that or that that feeling is justified. And then we suddenly entrench ourselves. We wear the negativity like it's a part of our identity. Or we avoid it altogether, and that we should be positive people. We shouldn't have those thoughts. Well, there's a sort of falsehood to that. And, you know, one manifestation for that psychologically is passive aggressiveness. So people are trying to be nice. Well, nice is... Nice is, a, again, a falsity, because nice is a, is a pretension to everything being okay. But not everything can be okay all the time, because we have to engage reality, and reality is going to make us react and respond accordingly. And so these are all energies that we have to work with. Now, 
I was reading on a, a Facebook post this morning and people were commenting about how anger can be useful and, for example, in terms of social justice and you want to be morally outraged and take action on things, but you want to be able to do it empathetically. So here's the interesting thing is that we know through research in, in, in psychology and social psychology that it's impossible to experience two emotions at the same time. Or more accurately put, you cannot, you cannot favor, you can't tune the emotions you want away and only feel certain emotions. And so it, it's, you cannot feel emotion, the emotion of anger and empathy at the same time. So for example, my dog breaks my favorite piece of art, okay? Not something over his tail or a beautiful crystal vase or a glass or something. And I get very upset with him. And so there's this sort of negative thing, why did you do that? I don't want my dog to do that. And, uh, you know, stupid dog, right? Judgment. So from the energy of that, I can understand how upset I am. I can learn from that and I can explore the feeling of that and it can lead to something that's positive, to, you know, so that I don't allow myself to get in that situation again or my dog. But it can also lead to empathy because I can realize that the dog's not going to understand Dog, the dog doesn't have the capacity to learn from negative. The dog wants to be rewarded for positive action. So I have to help him. I have to help him understand or just keep things out of the, out of the way that are going to prevent him from making the right choices. Because a dog doesn't have the rational understanding to discern between negative and, and positive. Well, we're winding down here. Um, no callers today, but that's all right. Um, just to, to recap here, you know, Negativity is an attitude that we can uh, we can engage with the energy of, the, of a negative response or outlook, and it's something that can lead us to action or observation. It's something that can help us set boundaries with things to be you know very clear and precise in what's right for us. As you know, but it, as long as we don't adopt it as a mindset, as a belief, as long as we it doesn't become doctrinaire and it doesn't become part of our identity and enslave us. So again, I hope you've enjoyed uh, today's program. It's just, a, again, a sort of an introduction to this topic, but I hope I've introduced it in a way that will be provocative to you and get you thinking about negativity not necessarily as being a bad thing. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a positive thing, like pain, but it's something that can be instructive. It's something that can make us more awake and uh, engage in reality in a more direct uh, way. Well, thanks very much. This has been uh, the January 15th episode of The Mind Whisperer. Please check us out on iTunes and on Facebook. And take care, and we'll see you next time.